poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And because it's Tuesday and a very tactical day, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. John Chai. How are you doing, sir? Good. I'm, I'm a little lot. Where are we today? New setup? New nothing's in nothing's where it used to be. It's... Yeah, it, it just it, it's a shock to the senses, really. I I think for the 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 YouTube watcher, they'll be like, I, I didn't realize just how how beautiful and incredible Tactical Tuesday has always been. But you know, that's that's what they're just gonna have to go through this week. You know, um, got a got a new overlay. Um, let's be real here. Basically, we went on Poker Coaching, did a Tactical Tuesday Live on the Poker Coaching channel a few weeks ago, and you know the, the designers over at Poker Coaching made us an overlay, and we, we looked at it, we, we saw how it was laid out, and we were like, oh yeah, this is substantially better than the one we currently do. And then... Slap the new logo on it, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just totally took that and changed the colors and put our logo on it, and bada bing, bada boom... Huge upgrade. So thank you, PokerCoaching.com for uh, the design assistance, the design um, yeah, layout change. Really appreciate it. And uh, you know, for the Tactical Tuesday listener, by the way, if you go to PokerCoaching.com slash CPG, uh, I've contributed to a new Poker Coaching course. It's called the Advanced Cash Game Course. Uh, my contribution is in exploits and six max online cash. Uh, there's also sections by, you know, Chris, Brewer and Jonathan Little and Justin Saliba, um, Jonathan Jaffe and Rampage. So I, I think it's uh, it's a reasonable investment into your poker education. I, I haven't seen the other um, parts of the course made by the other contributors, but I know that the one that I made was um, pretty hellish three months of trying to just get it the best that I could possibly get it. It was very difficult. As you, as you recall, right. There was like a lot of stress. It, it that was, was bad three months for me and I wasn't even working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, an insane amount of stress, but I think it turned out to be really, really good. Um, I, I still have, you know, some eight to 10 PowerPoint presentations that are in my on my hard drive on my computer that will, will never see the light of day due to like false starts and, and trying to like figure out how this thing's going to go together and failing and then eventually like putting the pieces together and yeah coming up with um you know three or four hours of content that i i i think meet the you know the quality and just they do the things that i wanted to that i set out to accomplish when when making a, a course on exploits and six max cash so yeah if you would like to check that out pokercoaching.com slash cpg that's the cpg affiliate link so would appreciate if you use the link click through checked it out and i think you'll learn a lot and get better at poker which is i don't know i would think that that's a thing you're interested in considering we're here you're, you're listening to tactical tuesday um so with all that said you know let's six what? max cash exploits i could i could definitely use some help next few minutes on 
on that subject. Yeah, yeah. So what is what's the theme of today's show? Six max cash exploits. <laughs> <laughs> now pl- uh, playing through the pots. Um, things get uncomfortable. Don't want to reveal too much, but things okay. didn't play out. Things don't play out the way that I want them to play out in either of these hands. You know, I've always thought that that's that's kind of BS. You know, it, when you're playing poker, everything should just turn out exactly the way that you want it to every <laughs> single time for everyone. I think that that's the way that the poker should work. Yeah. If I could but, just flop a set every single time I set mine, man, you know how, how much better my life would be. Right. The problem <laughs> is it works out for you, but it also works out for them. So I, no, I don't know. No. Like every, every pot's just going to be a chop pot. And I guess ignition <laughs> wins. It's like, Oh, set over set again. Oh, board ran out of straight. Wow. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, that doesn't happen here. All right. So already starts out not, you know, not a terrible situation, but you know, not, 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 not one of the best situations we could be asking for. We're playing four-handed. I'm in the cutoff with ace, jack of hearts. Make it $25, button three bets. A little on the big size. The nine big blinds would expect the size, a more standard size here to be between like seven and a half and, and eight, but nine, not the end of the world. Can't right. fold ace, jack of hearts. So free flop, so easy go. peasy. 100 big blinds effective. We uh, get the queen, jack, deuce, one heart flop, got ace, jack of hearts. So... Again, not the worst situation, but not the best situation. Um, got $200 in the middle. Just going to be checking here. And now the action's on villain, and they bet whatever this is. 20%? A, yeah, well, less than a third. 25%. Um, so first of all, you know, before we get into the action, I just want to commend you. I feel like you've been practicing, like... <laughs> reading the action, you know, verbalizing the action. I like, I I, I, I just imagine you like sitting in the bathroom, you know, just like, no, no, no. I have a, I have a, uh, what is it? A notepad note out right now. I'm just reading the script. Oh, well, you're you're, you're doing, you're, you're (laughs) doing, you're doing well, well, well well done. You're you're crushing it. Um, I can't, I can't risk that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you face this like third, third ish, something like that. Um, thirty yeah. percent bet. You've got second pair on Queen Jack Deuce with the backdoor, not flush draw, not folding. So you call. Turn is the seven of clubs. Uh, so three fifteen in the pot. Villain has eight twenty. So SPR is around two point five. You check because pretty much got up, and they check behind. This is great. I mean, really, really do not want to face the two thirds, three quarters, whatever barrel hero on the turn with second pair feel really good when it gets checked through feel good enough to the point where now i'm asking myself uh before i even see the river card like what my value betting options are um mm-hmm. so really happy to see turn go check check nice and you know because the flop was bet so small like villain still maintains a lot of hands that you can bet and mm-hmm. get called by uh so the river is a nine of spades again villain has 820 Pot is 315. John has them covered. Final board is Queen Jack 7, Deuce 9. Um, no flush available. So here we are. Nine. Again, not one of the best river cards, but not the worst river card. Does improve. Um, does improve portions of villain's range. For example, pocket nines, Jack 9 suited, Queen 9, although we were already behind Queen 9, so that's not a big deal. So I think the 9 is a semi-brick i don't know what to call it <laughs> semi-brick we'll, we'll land on semi-brick 
Um, yeah, like so. Yeah, it completes King Ten. It completes your King Ten as well. Um, completes set of nines. Completes your set of nines as well. So you know those those nut uh, completers are pretty shared amongst you you and villain on the button. Um, so yeah, like you can bat and target King Jack Jack Ten. Um, maybe tens, like tens yeah, like, yeah, tens or eights, something like that. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that's totally reasonable. So I would bet and just bet on the smaller side, essentially. Nice. That's what I go ahead and do. Bet about a third pot on the river, trying to get called by all the hands you just listed. Yep. Come on, get called by a worse. Hand. Uh, nope. Yeah. So villain raises to 361 um pretty reasonable like raise size by them i'm, I'm actually like pretty impressed uh, with their sizing here even though it's not like it's not a super intuitive size but I, I think it's a good one um this middle like basically raising to 361 leaving 458 behind um and i imagine like if they're raising for value they're targeting your Queen tens, king queens, ace jacks, ace queens, maybe, but you four bet ace. Uh, I think you four bet ace queen pre for the most part. Um, your jack tens, those type of hands, like your your single paired hands, basically, uh, while also giving them kind of the the flexibility of um, having some bluffs, where they're risking you know three sixty one into a pot of like four fifteen, so. Yeah, it's just a very good size here. I, I think like if they jammed, it would feel like too much, um, and then smaller feels like too small. So th this, I'm a fan. So congratulations, Billy. Uh, you, you did well. You played it well, um, John. This, this what is you not, not a great yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was good, good, good for you, man. You found a good size on the river. Congrats. Mm -hmm. uh, um, what a uh, what what sort of like value range are you expecting from Villain here? Because I was a little surprised to have the turn go check check and then get get raised on the river. Um, first hand that comes to mind is to make is pocket nines. Um, what other hands would you? Whatever other kind of good hands on the river would you would you expect to check check back the turn, or would you not be surprised to see check back the turn? King ten, like king ten would make some sense, wow. I, I think, um, because king ten would not want to get check jammed on the turn. Mm -hmm. So like they, they want to realize their equity basically. So like King 10, I think would be there. Ace Queen, uh, I think could pretty easily be there when you have a top pair and you're blocking top pair, it makes it harder for your opponent to have top pair, which means your, your range is going to be a lot of like Jack X type hands um, that you, you want to play like a two bet game instead of a three bet game, I think. Mm -hmm. So like Ace Queen, maybe King Queen um, in that same vein. Uh, or just we'll just say all the queen x essentially, um, and maybe aces and kings suited. sometimes too. Yeah, like aces and kings, I, I think can also check behind pretty reasonably, and then play. So rivers. basically, like a lot of hands that could go for two, three streets, you could see checking back on the turn, right? Like Definitely. it wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised to see aces go bet bet bet. You wouldn't see ace, surprised to see ace queen go bet bet bet, but you also wouldn't see be surprised to see them check the turn sometimes. I would be pretty surprised to see. Jacks, check the turn. <laughs> well, yeah. um, that's that's the one value hand that I, I think gets bet on pretty much a absolute basis when they don't block top pair. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I think that a lot of their single paired hands um, that are not sets, maybe a set of queens could check back the turn, you know, double blocking top pair like that. That would yeah. be reasonable too. So I, I think like they're, you know, they're probably mixing with their betting and their checking and they maintain all the strongest hands in both their betting and their checking range, essentially, is is how I, how I would in, how I would interpret the situation. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if you like how much you think about actually calling a hand like Ace Jack here. I didn't put too much thought into it. Just figured that this would actually be probably close to the bottom of my uh my betting range on the river. I think I would definitely have hands stronger than this. That also bet river for a third namely just like the the stronger queen x um maybe this should just be my size on the river you know with my entire range if if uh the button is checking back some super strong hands on the on the turn as well and so that you know i can have some some bet folds some bet three bet jams um and some bet calls if i use the size with you know with everything that gets to the river um so because of that i didn't think that it was necessary to even think very hard about calling with second pair, given that this is sort of the bottom of my betting range. The next thought that I had, and this uh, really, this thought came from me not really giving villain credit for checking back a hand like King 10 on the turn. Um, you seem to think that it makes a lot of sense not wanting to get jammed on. Definitely, definitely a priority data point when you have a, a hand with that much equity. Um, I'm not, I, I guess, like to be honest, like the, the next thought after, like I should probably fold this hand is can I just bet three bet jam here and sort of count on button not having enough king 10 or 10 8 or i don't know hands that want to play for it all basically yeah i mean you you could always do it if, if you really <laughs> wanted to right like it it's a thing that you, you could always do um like there's kind of a it's like an interesting scenario here where you don't actually have like you have hands that want to bet three bet jam clearly right but you don't have a lot of hands that want to bluff, uh, want to bet three, bet the river that are are not high equity hands. So like, mm -hmm. where do the low equity jams kind of come from? Um, you know, they can come from your value bets. They could come from possibly like your bluffs, I guess. But what uh, it's hard, like ace, deuce of clubs, ace, ace, ace ten suited, of, like ace, ten suited, uh, ace deuce suited with like bottom pair and some kind of back door um those those hands uh the blocker properties are pretty similar amongst you know all of all of the hands i guess the 10 is probably the nicest because the 10 blocks king 10 which is pretty good yeah uh, i don't think you got to really be worried about deuces um so yeah, and I think your jack is like pretty irrelevant as a blocker. Like having an ace is nice, I guess, because you block aces, but you also block ace king. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's quite quite a tough scenario trying to figure out like where where your bet jam like bluff or your best bluff candidates kind of come from. And my suspicion is that you know you're just supposed to kind of fractionally um, bet jam like a wide swath of those those hands, hands and yeah. and then you know fold the rest essentially something like maybe even <clears throat> go as high up as like queen 10 or something like that because queen 10 doesn't beat much once you once you get raised here it doesn't beat much of their value raising range i mean queen 10 is uh, like queen 10 is actually like the best bluff catcher i think because it blocks ace queen and it blocks 
king 10 pocket and it doesn't block ace king mm. and it blocks pocket queen so like queen 10 is kind of like your nut bluff catcher <laughs> i think like yeah you, you can't really get a bluff catcher better than better than <laughs> queen 10 i don't think so like i definitely wouldn't throw that one in my my bet jam range on the river i don't think um but yeah now i'm struggling to find enough value hands that i bet on the <laughs> bet on the river if i'm not if i'm not bet jamming queen 10 um last question before we leave this in uh assuming that the button is a strong capable reg what sort of bluffs would you expect them to show up with on the river um how how do we call with queen 10 i guess what do we expect to see i think their best bluff candidate something like tens um tens or like 10 nine suited maybe even like yeah something like that uh you know i mentioned ace king as like a bluff candidate, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like a very natural one where they get here with like a lot of ace king. So like they, they have a lot of like ace king to pull from just in their range. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like tens or ace king, something like that. It seem, seem pretty reasonable bluff candidates to, to, to pull from. And then, you know, you mentioned the nine, 10 suited as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. I did end up folding. And we Dylan had the screen. screen. Yeah, should have bet jammed. Could have been, could have been the hero. Oh, yeah. could have been the hero that somehow ended up putting all the money in versus <laughs> a strap on Queen Jack. Whatever. <laughs> That's usually how it ends for me. Well, it's a nice hand. And stick around after the break. We'll see what John gets himself into. It gets worse. The name of my course is Mastering Exploits in Online 6-Max Cash Games. Your journey in the world of exploits is never ending. As long as you're matching wits and playing cards against your fellow, man, there's going to be opportunities for you to find exploits. You need to stay sharp, you need to stay on your game, you need to be thinking about exploits from today until the last day that you ever play poker. The information uh, that I, I think is the most valuable information in the realm of exploits, really diving deep into exploits and defining what they are, just trying to crack the code of exploits. Like whenever you change little pieces of strategy, how does that affect your response? I think it's exceptionally valuable and an instrumental reason as to why you, you break through um, as a poker player and playing cash games specifically. All right, welcome back to Tactical Tuesday. We got some more pain coming your way right now. Uh, so, John, why don't you, you know, see get get, a, get another rep play. in, rep in, uh, breaking down the action. See see if all your practice is is finally paying off. So we are playing five hundred zone. Get a min open from middle position player. Uh, don't have any info on this player because it's. Because it's zone, uh, he starts 200 big blinds effective, min opens, just going to assume he's a reg based on the data points that we have at hand. Um, I'm right behind him in the cutoff with ace-king of clubs, easy three bet. 
bolts back around to middle position. And we get a call. Yeah, any any thoughts on depth here? Looks like you're 200 bigs deep. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Actually, yes, you are 200 big blinds deep. Um, <laughs> no thoughts on de depth, I guess, at I'll that decision point. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm starting to think about depth a little bit. Flop a king, king jack, four, rainbow, one club. Um, at 100 bigs would certainly be c-betting this flop. At 200 bigs, not exactly sure how my strategy should shift. Could see lots of arguments for checking more. Could also see an argument for just continuing to bet my entire range small on this board. I think it's really hard for the uh, out-of-position player, especially 200 big blinds deep, to... Um, you know, it's a little bit scarier for them to develop like a check raising range with lower equity hands in a spot where, um, you know, just getting all the money in could could be a huge disaster. Where like a hundred bigs, for example, check raising hand like queen ten or something like that is is I think a little bit less scary. Mm -hmm. um, I decided to check back here. I think this is like uh, this is like the first spot where I want to kind of have a little discussion about my my decision. Yeah, I imagine you're probably supposed to bet um, given the depth. It's kind of tricky for all the reasons that you said because, like, I, I think, I think I would use probably a bigger size given the depth to mm. essentially like dissuade the lower equity check raises with like queen ten, ace ten type hands, and you know essentially like maintain. You know, we have kings and jacks, um, and king jack suited in our range. Like, we we do have not advantage. They're going to four bet kings, pretty pretty pure. Uh, jacks they're probably going to call pretty pure but i mean maybe they call call 70 uh four bet 30 something like that a uh, force is going to be pure call for them um so jack suited for them yeah i think that's it's probably going to be a mix four bet four bet call I, I would think um so you know with that said like i think that we can because we're going to three bet kings and jacks on absolute basis um, and King Jack suited. So yeah, I just think like we, we have nut advantage and by using a big size, it kind of like handcuffs them to calling with their like King Queen, King Tens, um, and calling with their like Queen Tens. Like I, I just, I think it's a lot harder for Queen 10 and Ace 10 to kind of get out of line facing a big bet on the flop. And I don't think you want villain to like, like your exact hand doesn't really want villain to get out of line and put all the money in somehow. Um, yeah. so that's probably how I would start with like a big bet on the flop. Gotcha. Um, try to fade the check raise and, you know, also big bet hands like Jack's uh, because I, I think that's just like a very natural big bet hand in my range as well as, you know, some gut shots and backdoor flush draws and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I was not, I did not consider the big, big bet option. Um, I did not consider that option enough. I think I, um, I was, you know, one of the things that you talked about was like, you, you briefly mentioned in your analysis was like, okay, you just don't want to be forced to play this hand for like more big blinds than you want to play for. Mm -hmm. Um, and betting the flop sort of opens, opens yourself up to that. I thought that if I bet the flop, I would be betting small. Didn't again, like I said, didn't consider the big size. And I think you're right that the big size sort of dissuades sort of diminishes the, the frequency with which you're forced to put in more big blinds with ace king than, um, than you want to so yeah i like that plan i like that plan much more now and it's just i mean yeah it's a even with like strong hands it's 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 scary for mp to check raise here and you know still somehow get stacks in like 
obviously they're not folding a hand like pocket fours or king jack but like should all the money go in on the flop even with those hands i'm sure you're not feeling like on top of the world the way you would be at at 100 bigs yeah yeah so flop goes check check um it's funny like i do this to kind of protect my equity and not not be forced to fold my hand or play my hand for more big blinds than i want to but mm-hmm. we'll see if that actually happens down the line uh turn is a three of clubs so we turn a flush draw board is king jack four three two clubs got ace king of clubs mp checks again um now i'm just pretty comfortable going for two three two streets of value with top pair top kicker really not scared of betting this street with the turn back to a flush draw i can easily call a check raise not that that's what i want but all right so you bet 75 percent with your top pair and mm-hmm. up flush draw and villain calls so you get what you're what you wanted. I also this think is this is yeah. yeah. I also think villain's probably not going to be check raising this turn. Uh, mm. maybe ever. Uh, like just mm. uh, super duper low frequency. I, you, you probably could have even sized up here on the turn to yeah. 150. Um, right. something like that. Uh, rivers a seven of spades. Villain checks. I think there's a question here on a river sizing. Um, definitely think I should be betting this river for value. Lots of worse king X we can target. Can still potentially even target some of their stronger jack X. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming I want something along the lines of half to three quarters. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worthy of like discussing too. So the river is a seven. I don't know if we said that. The, the final board mm-hmm. is king jack three four seven. Um, the seven does complete a straight, and it is a straight villain should have in this spot so they do kind of unlock you know four combos of five six maybe three because they can bet the turn with the five six of clubs um at some frequency but i think that yeah no i was just gonna say like i okay it does complete a straight that they should have i find it difficult to believe that someone would check call five six instead of just probe the turn with six five i mean isn't that just like doesn't that feel kind of yeah. This I think is the like flaw that bubbles to the surface in your thought process quite routinely that you just expect everybody to bet every draw they have at every opportunity to bet and like no matter what we look at that's never the case. It, it, like it you know it, it's just that it just never works out that way. And I think like from villain's perspective with 5 6 like I think this is a, this is actually a big blunder on your part. Like it, it's a big flaw in your thought process because when you check back on King Jack four rainbow, right? Uh-huh. Like this board should probably be like a range C bet for you. Yeah. And so five, six has almost no incentive to bet the turn because you're almost always calling. And when you check back, you're essentially saying, I want to play a two street game. And so like five, six, if they bet the turn is just like torching a bet. And they have like almost no path to victory on the river other than going like super massive or hitting their hand. But when they check the turn, you can check back and then they over-realize with 5-6 and they don't have to place a bet. And like then they can make some some pretty good river decisions when the turn checks through. So like I think the turn is like super natural with almost all the hands that they have in their range. So Okay, so 5-6 checks the turn because once I check back for flop, they just don't have any hands that they can target at least on the turn to fold 
for them to fold out like my check back range on the flop, they'd have to probably do something like overbet, overbet, target like pocket queens or like strong jack X. Yep. Exactly for the most part. Um, they can check the turn, not torch the turn bet, and not kind of be guessing on the river as to what type of range they're folding out. And they can make some decisions based on my turn sizing as to like whether to continue or not. If they face something reasonable, like the three quarters that I bet, um, you know, they just check call versus that size and anything lower. Not only I do, do they crazy, check like, call, they jump yeah. for joy check calling. Because yeah. when you check back the flop and then you bet big on the turn, you're signaling, yo, I have like ace king or king queen. Like, you don't bet big on the turn with ace-jack, and you probably don't bet big with queens. You might. Like, but essentially, when they check call the turn, it's almost a lock you're betting the river. Right? They, they mm. can already, like, pre-plan that, like, oh, they bet big on the turn. You probably don't bet big on the turn with queens. Right? Yeah. You may even bet the flop a lot of the time a third with queens. So, like, when you bet the turn, like, you're probably checking back, like, maybe slow-played aces. Yeah, aces, um, ace, king, and king, queen. Aces, ace, king, king, queen. I think that that is like the majority yeah. of your range, right? Maybe king 10 as well. But yeah. like pretty much all those hands bet the river. And so like mm. when, when they have a hand like 6-5 and they check and you bet the turn, they auto get to say, oh, sweet. Like if I hit, I'm playing for three bets, not two. There's not a world where like I don't get to play for three bets because they're going to be value betting the river pretty much every time, which may just generates like a really, really juicy scenario on the turn for six, five when they check. Okay. 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 So, uh, spoiler alert, this player does not have six, five, but the analysis that you just went through, uh, as to like how they should be playing their hands and how excited they should be when they face a big, but not huge bet on the turn. Uh, really just cleared things up. And I think when you see the result of this hand, you'll, you'll see like how, how my confusion got cleared up but let's let's keep going for now he doesn't have six five yeah uh, but it, it also makes it to where like a lot of their value has a lot of incentive to check the turn as well because like again you know if they have a set or something like that they, they can just check the turn yeah yeah, yeah. You, yeah you get into the see. get into this get into this in like three seconds just show them yeah. click right. click forward a couple times so they check the river i bet like brad said i always will mm -hmm. and i'm sure i always do especially on this this river and get check raised and i was like I was in game. I was like completely perplexed. I was just like, wow, like what hands can check all the turn, like not bet the turn themselves and then check, find a check raise on the river. Um, but when you kind of put it in, when you frame it in the, in the way that you did um, and you know, and, and when you start thinking about like what my big bet range on the turn is, they can start having lots of check calls on the turn, knowing that I'm going to bet the river and they're going to get to play for two bets on the river. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th three bets. But two, at least two bets, right? Yeah. Like, um, barring like you know a queen of clubs river, right? That that's a, that that's kind of like the one that they they kind of need to fade, or so, sure, something sure. like ten of clubs river, something like that. But yeah. I mean, bar barring you know those those cards, like essentially with their value, and when, when you bet the turns, like oh cool, like now this yeah. my path to playing this hand just is like got exponentially easier. I just check all yeah, the turn, yeah, yeah. check raise the river. Yeah. Um, and with with all that said, like so, John bet seventy percent on the river. Um, 137 into 187 villain check raise to 367 and yeah i just think this is like a slam dunk fold on the river i just don't think yeah. you can call with ace king um they maintain all, all of their top end value don't have a ton of natural bluffs like i just think you're toast uh, i did not think i was toast i was just sitting there for 14 seconds thinking about wow could they really have played about could they really have played strong value like this um, but now again, like I said, in the, in, in 
sort of looking at this hand through a new lens, it makes a lot of sense that they would have pocket jacks, pocket fours, pocket threes, um, maybe even king jack if they, you know, if they're checking pocket jacks and pocket fours and pocket threes on the turn, then checking king jack is like. I, I think checking king jack becomes. A, yeah, it, it's a little bit more questionable blocking the king. That is like a lot of your like turn turn bets, but I see. You know, the other ones, I, I think it's pretty slam dunk. Uh, Whoops. I put in the other, the rest of the money. Yeah. And they show up with, with the two jacks, which is, yeah, this is like totally reasonable path that villain took. And like, honestly, pretty impressive and, and very well played. We saved a lot of time actually on the turn. Cause my, I was imagining spending like 15 minutes here just being like, how, how did he play his hand like this? Like, can you help me understand like what, what I'm missing about the situation? Cause I just did not expect to see pocket jacks here. That's that's what I was going to imagine spending 15 minutes on, but uh, now we don't have to. Now we don't have to. It's all cleared up. All right. Well, villain in both of these hands today on Tactical Tuesday played really well. Um, don't yeah, don't have much to much to comment on, on villains. And you played the first hand, I think, well. Second hand, not so well. But bet the flop, bet the turn, figure yeah, out what to do on the. I don't know how many days we were without incident, but I know how many we're at now. It is zero, um, and yeah, I think that's that's all we got for you in today's episode of Tactical Tuesday, John. Unless you you have anything else. No. Nope. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. searching for the ultimate pack. The CPG Wolf Program is a close-knit brotherhood hell-bent on one thing only, chasing poker greatness. Powered by bleeding-edge wolf strats and led by Coach Brad and his lieutenants, CPG Wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt. If you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step game plan to realize your full poker potential, you can apply at cpgwolves.com. Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Reflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now.
a fish, dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do. One man Coach Brad Wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dock bets. And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent money makers built into my strategy that sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash courses.